right, everyone, and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. Audience, we have missed you so, so very much. We are so glad to have you here. If this is your first time listening to us, uh, first off, welcome. We are but Popcorn Prattle, and we are just a couple of crazy cats who enjoy talking about movies, but not in a pretentious way, but as if you were talking with your best good buddies. And of course, I am joined by my best good buddies. Uh, first up, you know him, you love him. It's the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home. Hi, folks at home. And of course, you know her. She's the ever so lovely, the ever so talented, Miss Lindley Key. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Hello, folks at home. And audience, today we are joined by a special guest. He is the upcoming host of Real Feels Podcast and the Gaming Experience Podcast. Uh, give it up from a man, Drew Hallam. Drew, say hi to the folks at home. How we doing? Drew, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for, for agreeing to come on, and uh, we're excited to prattle with you tonight. Um, we've got a lot of great topics lined up, but before we begin, uh, audience, we are really trying to make sure that we are giving you the best experience possible. So, we ask you this. If you listen to our show and you enjoy it, uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Go on iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher, rate it, comment. Make sure that people hear about this podcast because the more people that listen, the more successful we can be and the better content that we can provide for you guys. And of course, if you want to help us out financially, because even though we managed to scrounge up some dollars and get a... uh, uh, our backlog, our back catalog of, of audios to be put to released on Podbean, um, we still want to, we still feel like we can improve even more. Remember, we want shirts. So if you guys uh, <laughs> can feel it in your heart to donate $1, just one, one single dollar, um, that dollar will go a long way in helping us achieve that dream. Um, but now that I got the commercial stuff out of the way let's talk about some of our topics uh today we're going to talk about black mirror it got released on netflix and it has definitely definitely set the internet ablaze with some of the things that were included and we're going to talk about it uh tonight uh lindley got a chance to see i tanya so she's going to tell us about that um and, of course, we're going to tell you guys our top picks of 2018. It's the first show of the year, of the new year, guys. I'm Ooh, excited. This is going to be we great. We made it. I know. I know. We made it. I, I didn't think we were going to make it there. Um, <laughs> but we managed to do it. So, without any further ado, Stephen, Lindley, Drew, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, okay. guys. Let's prattle. Stephen. Old buddy Steven, yes. you got a chance to see um, a movie. So Dave can't make fun of you. Hi, Dave. Uh, Dave can't make fun of you and say that you haven't seen a movie le- lately. Um, what movie did you see, buddy? I saw a good one. Mm, that's good. <laughs> Want to be a little bit more specific? Well, I just wanted to clarify that I saw a good movie. I wish Dave could see more good movies. <laughs> Ha 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 ha! Laugh, Dave. I'm just kidding. Um, I went to go see. I went to go see the Disaster Artist. Nice. Yes. It and was, you enjoyed it. 
yes, it was a very good movie. Um, oh, hi, good movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, a.k.a. We're Living Under a Rock, um, it is about the making of The Room, a movie that has been called uh, The Citizen Kane of Bad Movies, uh, complete with all the passion of Tennessee Williams. That's the, what the trailer says, but it doesn't really attribute that quote to anyone. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a glorious thing to behold. But this movie, what I really liked about it was it did not um, take the obvious route in just outright making fun of The Room's director, writer, lead star, producer, whatever you want to, whatever other credit he has that I'm forgetting, uh, mm-hmm. Tommy Wiseau. Um, it kind of takes an Ed Wood approach in kind of outlying, you know, yeah, this guy's bizarre, but to him, the project was deeply personal. And uh, there's a very touching scene, I won't really spoil it, uh, that comes near the end. Uh, that I, I mm-hmm. And if you've seen the movie, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a moment where, let's just say things don't quite go the way he has planned in his head. Um, and you get an emotional response from him that's really unexpected. And as someone who going on nearly 20 years now, uh, has loved, you know, making videos and films throughout high school and college and up till now, you know, showcasing a film to people and then not quite getting the reaction you were hoping for. It was like, wow, the James Franco and the director here really humanized him for just that brief second um and it's like i totally totally recognize that emotion right there um you do know that james franco and the director are the same person right oh really i was i was about to say yeah. I, I well, was like I, I feel yes like i forgot about that, that. Yeah, james um it's yeah. an easy mistake there was a wig yeah there was a wig there was a wig there was, a wig. There was some prosthetics are we sure i thought there were two james francos no, there's Dave. Yeah, there is Dave, but I think there's two James Francos. One who does the acting and then one who does the directing. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, there's the one who so actually much. has like that. Didn't, didn't James Franco go to like Columbia? Uh, I have a friend who uh, went to the same college as him and danced with him, I think. At a nice. Dance. Well, there's that James Franco. And then there's the one that did Your Highness. Oh, yes. Before that, there was, uh, there was another James Franco. Your Highness. Who did Spider-Man. What yeah. the devil is happening? <laughs> but the point is... the different James Francos, Marcus. The point is, yeah. Yeah, six degrees of James Franco. Y'all know me who knows a person who danced with James Franco. So I guess he got it down to what? Three degrees? Anyways, um, it was a great movie. I really loved it. Having said that... <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I got I, I got I got a little um I got a little beef with some Hollywood cinematographers. This is I something that all Chris Tucker on this. What beef? Where's the beef? Hey man. <laughs> hey man. Corbin, Corbin, my man. <laughs> you know, hey man. Put your hands up. Put your hands up. Put your hands Corbin, up. my man. I'm not gonna kill you this time. Just gonna kick your ass. I'm just kidding. Um, um no, 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 no. Um. No, I got this. Is, okay, so first let me just clarify that this was a flaw that 
I, I'm not saying the disaster artist is the worst at, but it was something that seeing it on the big screen and giving me a headache really made me kind of <clears throat> just have to go after this. There is a, a technique with film camera where that's mm-hmm. called uh, shaky cam. Um, and, and I want to clarify, it's not like found footage shaky cam where it's clearly supposed to be, you know, handheld or whatever. Um, it's, I mean, it's handy cam is what it is, but it's, you know, the camera kind of shakes and the purpose is to kind of, you know, give the, uh, the film and the scene a little more realism, almost try to make you feel like you're in the room with them. Um, Mm -hmm. but it also creates tension. It also kind of gives a, you know, movement of unease and a film that does that uses it really well is the Lord of the Rings, the two towers. There's a scene very early on. I am not digressing. I will get to, I will get back to the disaster artist. Um, there's a part early on where, uh, Aragorn and, uh, Legolas and Gimli meet up with the writers of Rohan and, uh, director Peter Jackson decided to use this handy cam approach to kind of make it feel more like a in the moment documentary style. It was a well-earned moment, uh, okay. because it called for that sort of unease and that tension and that grittiness. In a film like The Disaster Artist, there are scenes that use it well, too. Like when they're filming and running all around, all around the film set and it's chaotic, that's a great place to use it. Then there's scenes where they're just sitting down at a restaurant talking, and oh my god, the camera is shaking all over the place. It's like, was there an earthquake while they filmed it? Um, well, it is California. Well, uh, yeah, that's true. But but there's no need for the camera to be shaking like that. It's like it's it's just you know just set up a dang tripod. Uh, you're focused in on Greg's face. He's giving us important backstory, and I feel like the cameraman wants to film like the you know door frame that's uh, behind his head because <laughs> he's just shaking it all over the place. And there's no point. There is no point to have it shaking like that. And it just got me thinking. Like there are so many movies that exploit this technique that just gets under my under my skin good movies too like um okay here's a classic eternal sunshine of the spotless mind it shakes the camera in scenes that don't need it i think there's like a scene where he's like writing or like on a beachfront or something and he's just sitting down or something but it's like shaking and it's like you don't need that there because it's not making your film look independent or edgy. It doesn't say, ooh, look at me. I'm a bold, daring filmmaker. It just says to me, ooh, look at me. I was too lazy to set up a tripod, and I want to give you a headache. Yeah. <laughs> All that to say, The Disaster so Artist was a great angry. movie. But <laughs> could they just back off of the, the shaky cam just a little Stephen, you're probably the only person I know that can like a movie and still and still sound like you hate it. How do you think <laughs> I live with myself when it comes to Digimon the movie? What? Jesus. What? No, Lindley, 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 Lindley. This is the nugget, okay? We don't have time, okay? We don't have time. <laughs> Hey, this hey, is about hey. to be a ten piece. I, we need to discuss how we've got from the disaster artist to Digimon. Hey, hey, no film is perfect, and I can accept that. But you know what? Except the the films that are more that perfect, perfect than others, they're pretty good. I really like those. <laughs> thank, thank you for saying the sentiment of everybody in the world, Stephen. You're welcome. <laughs> I meant it as a transition, but yes, that works. Jesus wept. 
<laughs> well, Lindley, you also got a chance to see a movie, uh, which we're gonna which we're gonna talk about in a little bit. Um, before we before we get into movies, I want to switch gears just a little bit. Um, I've guys, I've got to talk about I got to talk about Black Mirror. And I and I understand. I understand you guys have not seen it. Drew Drew got a chance to see it. I, I, tell- just, I just finished season one last night. It is a uh, it's a trip. Uh, Drew, because to give to get you a little a little time on the air as well, uh, can you briefly explain to to everybody what Black Mirror's about? Like, so from concept? watching watching the first three episodes of season one, I would say that Black Mirror is it's like an extreme Twilight Zone. Hmm. And you definitely have individual episodes not exactly connecting in any way, shape, or form, except for the fact that people go through different ordeals only to have some type of like obscure life lesson or that oh kind of moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and... Uh, it, it's it's definitely a. I mean, as I said, it's it, it's a trip. You kind of like sit there and you got to have to wait after an episode to sit there and kind of like just ponder everything and just meld over it and then really kind of see what the director was going for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think the one thing that i really love about it is the fact that everything that is in the show is all like science-based so it's all it's all it's all these things that are or not so much science but more just technology in general um so the idea of you know, in this, in the multiple worlds, the, a common theme is um, people have implants in their eyes now. Right. Um, and so those, like, you can block out things from, uh, <clears throat> that, like, disturb you. Or, you know, in the case of one episode, and this doesn't spoil anything, but in the case of one episode, um, it blocks out people that you don't want to see anymore, um, including, like, them talking to you. So you are walking around and you just see this very fuzzy image and you're like, well, I guess it's just someone I don't want to see. And you just go about your day and right. kind of the ramifications of that. Um, I I got a chance to I watched all the of the first seasons. Um, I think it was just three to begin with. Um, they were on the BBC. And then originally, um, I, th- I believe it was canceled. I, I believe uh, Black Mirror was taken off the air and then Netflix bought it because they realized, oh wow, everyone loves this show. So I want to I want to jump in there and and also uh, get involved. Um, so they brought it back for a fourth season and it wasn't all that great. It was good, but it definitely paled in comparison to, to me to the first three seasons, which I thought were phenomenal. Um but guys, this fifth season, um, it is absolutely incredible. Uh, I watched the entire, I watched the entire series. It's only five episodes. Um, they're about an hour apiece, and just some of the content in it is absolutely amazing. Um, the first episode is a Star Trek uh, story. Essentially, Miliati's in that one. Yes, yes, she is, and she's like a. I she's, love her. She's um she's actually the protagonist of the of the episode. Um, yes. there are a lot of there are a lot of big names in this particular season, like a lot of people that you would yeah. recognize. Um, Jodie Foster. And apparently, it's uh, actually, it's not just this season. There's what? like everyone keeps telling me I need to start with the Jessica Chastain episode. Ooh. 
Oh, don't, no. Mm, that one's weak. Like compared compared to compared to the one that uh, Christina Milian is is in, um, that like that one's better. Not okay. the yeah yeah. Um, the one the ones this season are so so much better and so much darker. Um, if you are squeamish, however, I would recommend maybe not watching this season too much it's a lot it's very gory um not to the not to the point that it's like torture porn or anything like that um but it does kind of like make you feel a little uneasy in the scenes um especially Mm -hmm. in black museum which is the last one uh and it's and it's cool because black museum takes place in a museum but it's all of these easter eggs from previous episodes Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you sit there and you're, and you're you know, it's, it like pans over to one exhibit and then it's like, oh, that's from the White Bear episode. Or like, hey, that's from the USS Callister episode that we just got a chance to see. Um, so it, it has like all of all of the little uh, uh, Black Mirror tropes that you could possibly want in one episode. Um, I... I've gone online and I've I've tried to get a lot of people's reaction to it. Um there is one episode in particular that I want to I want to highlight. Um and it was called uh, Hang the DJ. And Hang the DJ is about these I won't spoil the ending cuz the ending is so beautiful. Um but the ending but the the whole episode is it's these two people who meet at a restaurant. And everybody stays like almost in like this weird gated community um, where they never work. They just go on dates with each other. <laughs> and these two people meet and they they uh, open up these things called the coach, which is like a little um, pedometer. Essentially, they press it at the same time and it tells them how long they have to hang out with each other. Hmm. So the first time, so the first one is like. The first time they hang out together, it's like, like, oh, we only have to hang out with each other for like 12 hours. And they have like a wonderful time, right? And then they're like, like, oh, this is great. This is wonderful. And then they're like, um, so do we have sex? And they're like, I don't know. And so then they spend like most of their time just being like, okay, we're not going to have sex. We're just going to sit and talk and enjoy each other's company. Then at the end of the date, um, they depart and then they get paired up with somebody else Mm -hmm. but the beautiful part about it is is that you you watch them go on these dates with other people and yet you know that they're constantly thinking about each other oh that's cute and like i said i'm not gonna spoil the end um but the end is just so freaking clever that when you see it and you get it because it takes you like half a second to realize like what you've been watching and then when you when you get it, you're like, that's clever. That's that's cute. That's that's what to me, that is the epitome of what Black Mirror is, is it it makes you think one thing is happening and then it completely flips it on its head. Until um, you realize like the social commentary that's being made. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um and so I um I I really I really, really enjoy it. Um if you guys pick it up. I would recommend 
maybe starting off with this season. I feel like this season, again, I feel like this season is the strongest. Um, or if you don't, definitely start off with any of the first three seasons. But beware of the very first episode. <laughs> what knows, do you mean beware? Drew knows what I'm talking it's, about. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a like, hey, this is what we're about. And you have nowhere to go. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm scared. Let's just say there is some politics and there is a pig. So, yes, go check out Black Mirror. But, again, just be be cautious of the first episode. I'm scared and also very intrigued. Mm, you might hate me. Why? You, you might no. hate me. I mean, it's kind I of a, it's an do. in your face episode, but I think she'll enjoy it. I mean, it definitely sets the tone. It does. It really does. If matter of fact, yes, if you can get past the first episode, Lindley, you can get past anything Black Mirror can throw at you. Okay. Cuz that's probably the worst thing that they've done on the show. And this season was pretty rough. Okay, okay, I'll say this. Beware of the first episode. Beware of the last episode of the last season. There you okay. go. Boom. Look at that. You got it. You got all that in the middle. <laughs> right. Everything else in the middle, you're golden. You're solid. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Watch Hang the DJ. Watch Hang the GPA, Hang the DJ and uh, St. <laughs> Juniper. Okay? J- St. Words are hard, guys. St. <laughs> Juniperio. He's having a stroke. I might be. It's okay. <laughs> Hooked on phonics. Learn me to spoke. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing. We're having a good time. Speaking of having a good time, uh, we have a special announcement from uh, a fellow podcaster coming right up for you. And as soon as you guys are done listening to that, we're going to come back here, and Lindley is going to tell us a little bit, bit about I Tanya. Take care. This is Alexa from the You Can Rewind It podcast. Remember those movies you loved as a kid? What would happen if you rewatched those favorites from your childhood? Would you still like them? My husband Brock and I are on a mission to watch these 80s classics to see if they still hold up today and if we'd give them a rewind. Check out our podcast, You Can Rewind It, on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And remember, just because you can rewind it doesn't mean you should. You can rewind it. You can rewind it. So, Lindley, how how is I Tanya? Because I've heard different things. Like it, it didn't really get a lot of press. At least to me, it didn't. And but the the things that I did see about it, um, like the video clips, looked like it was pretty funny. Um, what what can you tell us about this this movie? What I can tell you about I Tanya is that it's not exactly what the trailers and the clips are portraying it to be. Hmm. Like, it is funny at parts. And it's not a very serious, like, oh, Oscar bait, kind of movie. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. those movies. I'm talking, like, The Post. Right. It's not one of those kind of movies. (laughs) But, again, I haven't seen The Post, but... I'm sorry. I have nothing against the post, but you know it's one of those Oscar bait movies. Well, it's got Meryl in it, so you know know it's covering Oscar. That's true. That's true. Anyways, but it's not not a straight dark comedy. It gets kind of serious at parts. Mm -hmm. So first of all, it's long. 
it I I don't remember the exact runtime of the movie, mm-hmm. but it feels really long. And it's not like nothing that is happening isn't interesting. It doesn't feel well it, it kind of drags a little once the as they call it the incident mm-hmm. happens. Which, if ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what Itani is about, it is about Tanya Harding, the Olympic figure skater, and the whole controversy with her and Nancy Kerrigan. After the incident occurs, it does feel like it drags a bit. Because hmm. me and my friend who I was seeing the movie with were sitting there and we're just like, it's, it's, it's still going. Yeah, it's still going. <laughs> We're kind of looking at the watches. Yes, we're still we're still here. I'm tired. But and that's not to say that it was a bad movie. It wasn't. It was really good. It just wasn't exactly what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. The, all the trailers make it seem like it is a dark comedy, really funny. But it gets really serious at parts, mm-hmm. and especially with things around uh, domestic abuse. Because you find out that she was heavily abused by both her mother and the, Jeff Galuli. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't count how many times Tanya gets hit in this movie. So if, if that's something that audiences don't want to see or are affected by seeing scenes like that, this movie is actually really heavy on it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's kind of played up for laughs, but other times it's very serious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it does show what being in a relationship like that is like, both from a parent and from a spouse. Uh, that And that surprised me. And it comes back around to the end of the movie. I don't want to spoil it because when the moment happens, it's it takes you back and it makes you think and it makes you really feel feel bad for Tanya Hmm. and just everything that happened to her after Mm -hmm. the incident and it really makes you think about all the other people too who have been in the public spotlight not actors or anything like that but people who get famous not necessarily for what they wanted to be famous for mm-hmm. um, like things like you know mm. a lot of YouTube things that go viral a lot of fails that go viral mm-hmm. and it makes you kind of step back and think oh these people aren't punching lines they're humans yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that that's what mostly surprised me and a lot of that came from Margot Robbie's performance I thought she was fantastic in this movie um, I would like to see her get some recognition for it, some nominations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person who really deserves a nomination is Allison Janney. She hmm. plays Tanya Harding's mother, and oh my gosh, I hated her. Mm-hmm. Not Allison Janney, but her character. I despised her. Just because of the way she was, what she did, but holy cow, if it wasn't a good performance. Right, right. Uh, she she at least deserves a nomination for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Sebastian Stan was in it. Really funny. Y- you would never fit, like go from seeing him and I, Tanya, and be like, oh, yeah, that's Bucky Barnes. <laughs> that's the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same person. 
Uh, yeah, all all of the all of the performances were good. Mm-hmm. It's a little jarring though at times because part of it is the movie is based off a lot of personal interviews that the characters gave mm-hmm. after the incident. And if you see the movie, you'll know why I'm emphasizing the incident. And it goes back and forth between the narrative and cutting back to the, like, the interviews. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes during the narrative, the characters will look in the camera and break the fourth wall. And it worked with the flow at -hmm. times. And then other times it's just like, why didn't they just stick to the documentary narrative? Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. part when they are talking to the camera. I think that's that plus the length of it are my only complaints. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the CGI was actually kind of impressive. Sometimes it was shoddy, but it made, it looked like Margot Robbie was actually skating, which I don't think I, I mean, if Margot Robbie can really do a triple axle, then Holy cow, good for her. Mm-hmm. But it made it look like like she was actually doing it. So good job, CGI team. <laughs> so yeah, that's my review of I Tanya. Um, good, 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 good way to start off 2018 in movies. Technically, mm-hmm. I think this came out in 2017, but I saw it in 2018. So it was a good start. Good start to the year. Mm-hmm. Yay. I mean, it's it's definitely gotten a lot of. Um... A lot of accolades. Um, Marco Robbie has gotten a few a few awards. Um, good, good, good. For... She and she deserves it. She she was great in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's nominated for. I mean, obviously, some of the the more well known ones, uh, like the SAG Awards and whatnot. So good. I guess I'm, I guess time I'm will tell. See if Allison Janney is nominated for any of them because she deserves it. No, she is. It's basically her and Margot Robbie are nominated. Um, if not, yeah. I Tanya as a whole. Um, Good. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't think I will personally try to go see it in theaters, but um, mm-hmm. eh, you know, I'll, I'll definitely check it out once it uh, once it comes out on on uh, Redbox. Um, most yeah. like, I imagine it, this will be like a Netflix thing. They're gonna snatch this up pretty quickly. Oh yeah, people are gonna Netflix watch it. or Hulu is definitely gonna snatch this up. Yeah, yeah. And it, um, yeah, it was really good. And I also think that it helps that I grew up, like I was a kid, like I was a little kid when this happened, but I still remember it being talked about. Mm-hmm. So I think people of the era of like the early nineties mm-hmm. era. Mm-hmm. are gonna look at this and be like, I, hey, I know what, mm-hmm. I know what song is playing in the background. I remember that snack, or I remember when this happened. I remember the video clips of Nancy Kerrigan, like, getting her knee busted. Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. It was nice. Good. It was good. Good job, I, Tanya. Well, guys, we, we've talked a lot about the films of the past. Um, and by past, I mean from three days ago. <laughs> but now, now it is time to to look forward, to look to a brighter future, a brighter tomorrow. Guys, let's talk about the top films of 2018. Now, can I just say, before we start, 
I have to say this. I cannot wait to have the second annual Christmas party again and do the clip show. <laughs> if you guys yes. have not listened to the clip, if you guys did not watch the, or sorry, listen to the clip show, um, it's good. It's you need good. to listen to it. It'll give you a true sense of what we as a podcast are all about. Um, Drew has gotten the uncensored, uncut version of how we of how we are this dysfunctional family. Um, but one thing that I love is, uh, or one thing that I loved while editing that that show was hearing our thoughts on some of the on some of the films of 2017 um, and even of 2016. Apparently, I was very high on Suicide Squad. <laughs> I thought that movie was going to be the one movie that was going to be the movie to set DC on the map. Um, nope. Lin- nope. Lindley no. was real. Lindley was real hopeful about the Mummy. <laughs> she had high hopes. She was like, "Come on, guys, you got this." Um, don't, 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 just don't. So I it, left that in 2017. It's a new year. It no. will be, and and of course, and of course, Stephen Stephen's uh, initial thoughts on on the Last Jedi, um, which you got some right. You did get some right. Um, a little. There was there was a number of it that was wrong, but that was like on all of our parts. We we, we, we should have listened being... to Luke's trailer line where he said, "This is not going to go the way you think." Yes, it was a line yeah. to the fans. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um so yeah. I I'm excited to I'm excited to hear what our top picks are um for 2018. I have my list. I have my list here. Um mm-hmm. and I feel like it is only it is I mean Steven you've gotten a chance to speak, Lindley you've gotten a chance to speak, I've gotten a chance to speak. Drew, um I'm going to turn the mic over to you, my man. And and you can choose it whatever order you want. If you want to go from uh, best to least anticipated movie or whatever, but tell us your top five movies that you think will be great. They're gonna make films great again. All right. No. So, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. So just top five that are gonna be amazing. That are gonna that you you're like there is no way these can fail. Okay, <laughs> but remember, we reserve the right to play this at the end of the year if you are wrong. <laughs> did Did you As sign it. the waiver we sent you? <laughs> it's in the mail. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's see. I, five movies that are definitely going to be, in my opinion, amazing, amazing things to come to fruition. Uh, Ready Player One mm-hmm. is definitely mm-hmm. going to be up there. Um, I'm also really, really excited for the new mutants because mm-hmm. there's a definite need for like the horror vibe in the uh, the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, despite some of the uh, the backlash for how Thanos has been uh, portrayed throughout the different films, especially up to the Infinity War trailer, I think Infinity War, regardless of any type of backlash for the uh, the makeup changes for CGI <laughs> worth on um, Thanos. It's definitely going to like be a box office hit. Mm-hmm. Um, Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. Hands down. I mean, Ryan Reynolds has this thing in the bag. He is, uh, he is perfect for this role in every way, shape, or form. I, I pity the man for even agreeing to be Hal Jordan 
in Green Lantern. <laughs> um, if if anything, if he were to be any character set in a film for the DC universe, due to his uh, his build mm. and his quick-witted humor, he would have been Flash. But Ooh. he would have been a good Flash. He would have been a great uh, Flash I because know. because I mean Wally Wally has that quick-witted in your face. I'm kind of like you know the ladies' man uh, vibe going for him and. I mean, hell, that's that is Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that's one, two, three, four. Um, one that personally I am actually really, really excited for mm-hmm. is the Isle of Dogs, which is from the same director as the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Wes Anderson, right? Yes. 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 That actually mm-hmm. looks it looks really, really good, and they I don't know exactly what movies they're showing the trailers for in it, but I saw it during. Um, the, my viewing of The Shape of Water, and it looks it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have not um, I have not heard about this. Um, what what's it about? Uh, so in the near future, there is an like abundance of dogs. They're they're <laughs> just <laughs> there's too many dogs, and too many dogs, I believe it's set dogs. in Japan. Where due to the outbreak of like so many dogs, there's a sickness going on. So they basically take all the dogs and then they dump them on an island where they've actually been dumping trash and it's now become Dog Island. And this little boy sets off on his own little journey to go to Dog Island because his dog got taken. And I guess it's like a safety thing that they tried to do where no dogs, no dogs left in Japan. We must, you know, get rid of all dogs because we can't risk the sickness. So he goes to the island and he's like looking at all the different dogs and he's holding up a picture and he says, I mean, it's obviously Japanese, but he's trying to talk to him. and He's holding up the picture and the dogs are talking to themselves saying, yeah, no, we get it. Your, your dog is here. Can someone help this kid? No, no. Okay, we're going to we're going to go on a walk. <laughs> And so basically, it's just I, I I'm getting it from the trailer. Like it's the journey of the boy trying to reconnect with his dog and find mm-hmm. him and bring him home. As told by Wes Anderson. As told by Wes and Anderson. And you know what that means. Yeah. Oh yeah. There there are going to be set pieces that are that don't look realistic at all. But but it'll fit. It'll fit that. It'll fit the aesthetic of that world. All of the quirk. Right, and all you, of the you quirk. you have such a fantastic cast for the voice actors you i mean you have scarlett johansson you have bill murray you have Mm -hmm. brian cranston you have edward norton you got jeff goldblum coming back i mean what what more do you want i love the abundance of jeff goldblum we're getting lately can i just say that yeah he's coming back in a big he's coming back in a big way he must know something (laughs) (laughs) life finds a way (laughs) he well he found a way I, I have to ask you this. I have to ask you this. And it's going to, you know, because he's our guest. He should have a little bit more airtime. So I, I have to ask you this. As a fellow lover of comic books, and now I'm sure that you know that Disney did indeed purchase 21st, 20th Century Fox. 20, 20th Century? Yeah, 20th Century Fox. Um, now we know that that means the X-Men are now going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Here is my question to you. In any of those X-Men movies that you just mentioned, because we're getting three, technically. 
We're getting Dark Phoenix, Deadpool, and New Mutants. Yes. Do you think we could see a potential setup for the mutants being in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe? So here's the thing. They hmm. can't... It, And I'm wondering, I'd, I'd actually have to like research the fact because for Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch... They weren't called mutants because the the term mutant was copyrighted. Correct. So they were called like Omega Children. Mm. And it should be an interesting uh, thing to see if they're actually going to be allowed to use the word mutants in future films. Now, with Quicksilver and Scarlet, uh, which being introduced already into the Avengers films, we're already having that like we're taking that first, first step into the X-Men universe. Mm. So I think there's definitely a chance to have the mutants definitely coming up and possibly even have like an Avengers vs. X-Men type film. My only concern is that Hugh Jackman has already, he's already like said that he wouldn't come back, I believe, Mm. to do Wolverine. But that could be something that I could be very, very wrong on. Um, And in 2012, they already had the crossover with Avengers vs. X-Men for the comic books. Mm. And it was a huge success. So honestly, I think it would actually be a lot of fun Especially to have, you know, even bring in Deadpool, mm-hmm. mess around with Wolverine. You have, because if they want to, like, actually bring back the idea that the X-Men movies are going to do something good, mm-hmm. I think bringing it back into the Marvel Universe with the Avengers is a good place to start. Because Age of Apocalypse was terrible. Mm. Indeed, and and I and I really feel like X Men Dark Phoenix is is not going to be as good either. I feel like if anything, they're gonna use Dark Phoenix. I I am, I'm already imagining that they're using they're gonna use Dark Phoenix as a setup to how the two universes combine. Um, depending on how powerful you make Jean Grey. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you make Jean Grey, if she's if she has the ability, if you make the Phoenix have the power of manipulating reality, similar to uh, Scarlet Witch in the House right. of M series, then you 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 can easily introduce the X Men into the MCU. Um, they kind of shot themselves in the foot, I feel, with the fact that. You know, they did introduce a Quicksilver in the MCU, but right. the X Men Cinematic Universe has their own Quicksilver, who was a lot more popular. And so, how do you reconcile these two in the same world? Um, yeah, because the, technically they are the same person. Um, mm-hmm. But okay, I just I just wanted to I just wanted to get your take to see if you had any <laughs> any thoughts um, of of the like. Um, we're going to come back to you because we want to hear what you feel is going to be the bomb of the year. Um, but Stephen, mm-hmm. precious, precious Stephen, <laughs> what what movies do you plan on seeing this year? I'm hopeful. Stephen is going to see movies, Dave. Okay, he's going. Stephen does see movies. He just see he just saves his money to see movies he actually wants to see. Which I, as he gets older. Are becoming fewer and fewer. I, I look. I understand. I understand. I'm look, buddy. I'm with you. Thank you, Marcus. I'm with you. So tell me, 
Dave's probably like, no, you're not. <laughs> to watch so tell. Hello, Dave. Tell, tell, uh, tell us what movies do you do you see as? <gasps> Sorry, I just noticed a movie that I forgot to put on my list. Sorry, go ahead, Stephen. Well, what movies are you excited for? You know, I, and I, it happens every time we do one of these lists. I'm gonna say my options. I'm gonna I'm gonna go about my business. And then I'm going to remember a movie like, oh, wait, no, that's what I should have said. Um, so understand that this this answer like, could totally did. change by the time uh, this podcast goes up. Um, as far as movies that I'm like, oh, my gosh, um, I really cannot think of any off the top of my head. I mean, there's a few that I'm really interested in seeing. Um, mm-hmm. probably at the top of that list would be Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, just because, I mean, you know, Jurassic Park is, you know, that's, that, that, it, it, some people have got, you know, their Friday the 13th, they've got their Nightmare on Elm Streets, they've got their Marvel Cinematic Universe, they got their Star Wars, I got my Jurassic Park. And <laughs> I'm not fandom. saying Jurassic World was a perfect movie by any means, it's got flaws, and this looks to carry the same tradition, um, and of course, Marcus, we talked about this a uh, couple podcasts back that the teaser that was released, you know, and I feel like I need to clarify while I am interested in seeing the movie and I didn't hate what I saw, the storyline still hasn't quite grabbed me in yet and made me go like, yes, this is going to be the best movie ever. Um, so I'll just for right now say Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, um, seems to be, at the top of the list, but it might change. I heard there's going to be a movie about uh, Mr. Rogers. That sounds kind of interesting. Oh, oh no. yeah, I saw that. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, that's it. That's those are your move. Those are your picks. Yeah. Well, well, I, I did have I did have a movie for. Uh, uh, have we gotten to the bomb section yet? Not yet, not yet. Yeah, Hold off yeah. on your bonds. No, that was it. Yeah. Uh, I, yes. I didn't realize we were supposed to choose more. <laughs> uh, I, okay, okay, okay. I got another one. I, Even though we haven't seen a trailer yet, I'm interested to see hmm. what they do with the Solo movie. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. I'm I interested am too. to see. Yeah. Well, Lindley, that, that sounds like your segue. So what... So you, so you want to see the solo movie? You're, you were not uh, distraught when uh, Lloyd and Miller got off the case. No, I'm. This is, and this is the same way I was with Rogue One when it was announced. I'm not so much excited as I am intrigued. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I really want to see it, mostly because I want to figure out who Amelia Clark is playing, and I. Hope they don't take the, you know, tropiest she's the love interest that gets killed and makes him cynical. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Maybe she's yeah. the villain. That would be cool. Um, but I do want to see it. It's uh, it, it's it's an interest of mine. Um, mm. And then, of course, Infinity War. But I've got a few that kind of are off the radar a little bit that we haven't discussed yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really, I've never been interested in the Oceans saga until I saw that trailer for Oceans 8. And mm. I'm like, I'm actually excited about this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought it 
I'm going to be honest. When I thought, when I heard they were making an Oceans with all ladies, I'm like, don't be Ghostbusters. Please don't be Ghostbusters. Please don't be like Ghostbusters. Because I'm like, yes, I love all of those women, but I'll be the first to admit, wasn't that thrilled with the movie. But this actually does look pretty good. Mm-hmm. And it got me interested in the franchise. So I'm excited about Ocean's 8. Um, a guilty pleasure that I'm excited for. And it's in the comedy section of movies. Okay. It's a movie called The Spy Who Dumped Me. <laughs> it has... And it's mostly because... Lindley. It has Kate McKinnon. Oh, God. I love Kate McKinnon. Mila Kunis is funny. And uh, Sam Hewen is in it, so that's actually an added bonus. And I kind of I love Sam Hewen. <laughs> yeah, that's my guilty pleasure pick. You go right ahead, um, Lindley. Okay, don't judge me. Okay, I just really like Sam Hewen. No. So I'm also finally this year we're getting The Incredibles two. Yeah. We're getting Incredibles two this mm-hmm. year, guys. After three Cars movies. Because they felt we needed three Cars movies. <laughs> and one We're good getting dinosaur. Incredibles 2. I still have yet to see any of those Cars movies. I I know, I know they exist, but I've never had any interest in seeing them. I, I sound so stupid, but I tried to sit through Cars 3 because it had Army Hammer in it. Oh, and God, it wasn't really. that bad. It wasn't that bad. I still refuse the one to see the one where Mater turns into a secret agent because no. <laughs> Snow. That was a thing oh. that happened. There was a thing. <laughs> and it was a thing that happened before we got Incredibles 2. Mm-hmm. But this year's changing it. Uh, same thing goes with Wreck-It Ralph 2. Yes, that was, I was going to say, that's the other one I, I forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not as excited about Incredibles 2 because the fact that it's called... Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet is the stupidest title in the world. <laughs> I wonder what Wreck-It he's going to do in this. I, I, I guess he's going to break the internet. No, eat I don't a possum. know. Jesus. Um, am I... What? Last pick is I'm... I love a good period drama. I love a hmm. good costume drama. Uh, Cersei Ronan and Margot Robbie are mm. going to be starring in late 2018 in a movie uh, called Mary, Queen of Scots. Oh. We, mm. we usually, you know, mm. we've gotten, I don't know how many movies about Queen Elizabeth, which Margot Robbie is playing Queen Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And the pictures look really good for it. And I think the, we've gotten a, a, some... Like some non-popular movies about Mary Queen of Scots, and mm-hmm. then there's Rain, the CW show, which is, uh, if, I don't know how to describe Rain besides people think, say it's good though. A costume drama in prom dresses. I know, but the costumes are so historically inaccurate. It bothers me that I can't watch Rain. Oh goodness. they're wearing prom dresses. So, Anyways. so the dresses are your shaky cam. <laughs> yes. Okay. Costumes. Bad costuming is my shaky cam. Anyway. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm really excited to see that. It's got two really strong actresses as their leads. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. And then honorable mentions to Nutcracker in the Four Realms because it just looks like, uh, just visually stunning. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cloverfield Three. Untitled Cloverfield Project is coming out this year. Oh, is there? Oh, is the third one coming out? 
Yeah. According oh. to according to Movie Insider, we should be getting Cloverfield 3 uh, in February. Oh, nice. That's oh. that's soon. I love that those movies just sneak up on you. I like that they right? don't make a big deal out of them until they reveal themselves. Because <laughs> I know they've been doing a lot of ARGs on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. Which I can't, I can't figure them out for the life of me. Like they're too confusing. So I, I, I just love, go I love how these movies just—it's self promotion. Mm-hmm. They do all the little secret things. They hide the things. Because yeah. I remember when the trailer for Ten Cloverfield Lane came out, and everyone was like, "This is happening!" Right? When did this happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're supposed to be getting the third installment of the Cloverfield franchise this year, and I am excited. Go Indeed. 2018, Marcus. Much. What are your picks? Um, well, first off, I wanna I wanna address my my honorable mentions because um, mm-hmm. I have I have three. Uh, the first one is actually nope nope yep I was right I have three. Uh, the first one is Aquaman. Oh yes. I I was actually I actually loved Aquaman in Justice League. I did not think I was gonna like him as much as I as I did. Um, he was definitely Agreed. the best part of that movie. Um, if I could have gotten more Aquaman, that would have been awesome. Uh, I am curious to see what they do within his particular movie. Um, but it's James Wan. James Wan has his finger on the pulse of what makes a good action movie. Um, so if anybody is going to give Aquaman some life, it's going to be James Wan. Um, and Jason Momoa is, I feel like he's all about this part. He's all in. Um, mm-hmm. So it's going to be a great, great movie. Um, Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, yes. I, good, I mean, besides feature. the fact that my, my, you know, my future wife, Emily Blunt, is in this. Um, and as, and you gave, as well as my... And you gave me flag for talking about Sam Hewen. Look. Emily Blunt and I are going to get married, Dunley. What do you want me to tell you? She's already married to Jim Halpert. It's too late, man. Mm, mm, But is she, though? Yeah. They're going to be in a movie where they're being in a movie, a quiet place. Yeah, we'll see about that. Anyways, uh, also, my boy and best man, Lin Manuel Miranda, is also in the movie. Um, So it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be great. Uh, I feel, and especially since uh, I think Lin Manuel is he did he did the music for it right isn't he doing the music for it i don't know if he did the music for it i know he's in it i'm glad he's getting work besides just being the musician because he is incredibly charismatic on stage and on screen he really he he really is i'm just i'm worried about him getting too overexposed but i am glad i am glad to see him being in a movie like this because i feel like this is right up his alley um and then i'm also very very interested in spider-man into the (gasps) spider-verse it looks so good it looks amazing and i love we're finally getting miles morales Mm -hmm. yeah i love the route that they're taking with this with this movie um i like that it's it's animated um the animation looks cool um i'll i'll be curious to see um, you know, is this kind of like them testing the waters to see if Miles Morales will be well received with a general audience? Or is this just to like get the audience familiar with the fact that, hey, 
it's not just Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I feel like a general audience, like, a general audience, they know Peter Parker. I mean, we've had, like, umpteen movies about just Peter. Um, but if you can go ahead and start establishing people like Jessica Drew, um, Gwenpool. Sorry, not Gwenpool. Um, Spider-Ham. Why? Spider-Ham. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Spider-Ham. Thank you. Miles Morales. Ben Riley. Um, if you can start introducing people to these characters, then you really, the MCU has a lot to play with um, in their universe now um, with mm-hmm. all these Spider-Man characters. Because you can keep the Spider-Man franchise going for a very long time and you never really have to use Peter Parker. Um, people are used to seeing Peter Parker and it will take a bit for them to get used to somebody else. But I feel like with Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse, if you go ahead and start to mention like, hey, there is a half black, half Hispanic Spider-Man who, you know, within comic book circles is probably just as popular, if not more popular than Peter Parker is. Um, Then you can really, like I said, you, you just make more money for yourself. I think that was a very smart move by Marvel to do that. Um, Okay, so here are my picks. Uh, first up, uh, Alita the Battle Angel. Um, I th- I think that movie could be really, really good. Uh, have you guys seen the trailer for it? I, I've heard talks no. about it. What What is it about? So Alita the Battle Angel is based off of a Japanese manga about this um, this man who's played by Christoph Waltz. Um, <gasps> yeah. I'm in. I'm he, in. I'm already yeah. sold, yeah. Well, it's Christoph Waltz is in it. He star- He stars in it. Um, but there's also Robert Rodriguez. He's the director, and he wrote the mm. screenplay. So you know the action's going to be great. James mm. Cameron helped to write the screenplay. Yeah. And Mahershala Ali is in this. Ooh. As well as Mahershala. Jennifer Connelly. Yes. Oh. Um, Ooh. So, uh, sorry. So Alita Battle Angel is about this man. He finds, like, this battle droid that is really beaten up. He puts it back together. Yes, 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 And yes, yes, yes. he realizes that the battle droid, well, he realizes that the droid that he's just put together is indeed, like, is a fighter. And not only is it a fighter, but it's, like, the best of the best when it comes to robot fighting. Um, so it's in this, like, post-apocalyptic world um, where machines will hunt other machines down in order to get bounties. It's very, it's very, very, very anime trope heavy. Um, but when I watched the, uh, when I watched the trailer for it, visually, it looks great. I thought it looked so cool. And it feels like, it feels like an old school anime um, movie. Um, sorry, yeah, right. show, well, show, movie, manga, whatever you want to call it. That's what it feels like. Um, and I feel like if you can, if Hollywood can tap into that market of of old school anime and not do it like um, Ghost in the Shell, but give us a true retelling of an anime, of a good anime like uh, Cowboy Bebop even. Right. Um, there's That's one of the you best can, lines in cinema. Right, right. It, it does. You, know? I mean, you you have it at the end where the guy's on the ground and he says, "Out of all the days of my life, only the one spent with you have seemed greater." Hmm. You can't, Marcus, see. you're gonna hate me. 
when you were saying the synopsis to this, I was like, isn't this real steel with Hugh Jackman? No, 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 no. (laughs) If you watch it, if you watch it, this is like far from real steel. Like people tried to compare it and then like all of the nerds got real angry. They're like, this is not real steel. (laughs) What's wrong with real steel? There was, um, this is like the, I guess this is like the, it's, it's part of a trilogy. So this is the first story essentially of like how she kind of goes through the ranks and becomes the champion once again. Um, It's not like, it's not like an organized, it's not like UFC style fighting. It's like robots, like they meet in the streets and it's like, all right, we're going to throw down. It's like at any point in time you could go in, you could go into battle. Um, But I want to see that Uh, Mm -hmm. the movie that I got real excited for that I did not realize was coming out next year. Creed two. Oh, yeah. hmm. Creed is pro- quite possibly the best boxing movie I have ever seen. Second only to Southpaw. And they fight. They fight for first and second in my book. Um, Creed 2 was amazing, guys. If you have not seen Creed 2, you need to go see it. It makes me cry every single time. Um, just Even if you've never seen a Rocky movie, I mean, just know that Apollo Creed is dead. That's all you need to know. And they tell you that in the movie, Spoilers. like very early on. Um, so the fact that Michael B. Jordan is coming back, the fact that uh, Sylvester Stallone, which if you remember, he actually got an Oscar for his portrayal of Rocky Balboa in Creed One, um, or he was nominated. I don't know if he won, but he was nominated. Um, this is a good movie. The only downside to Creed Two is that... Um, Ryan Coogler is not back. Um, which I guess he was tired because I think once he was done with Creed 1, he started on Black Panther. Um, but, again, this could be a very good movie. Uh, New Mutants is definitely high on my list. Um, I think it'll be great for for them to introduce New Mutants, especially as like the horror movie style that they're going for. My fear is, is it going to be so out of place that you're not going to be able to bring those characters into the MCU? Like, are we going to make this a one-off movie and then we're just going to scrub it away? Because if it's successful, keep the characters. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but you also have to remember, like, look, and I have to tell myself this, it has to fit within the story. And they've kind of written themselves in this weird kind of hole where they like how do you bring how do you bring these people into this rich universe that you've already you spent the past decade bringing them into well um the the one thing that i could possibly see for hmm. them somehow bringing it in is the fact that you have you have charlie heaton from uh stranger things he's playing cannonball in the new mutants Mm -hmm. and you actually had cannonball as part of x-factor which they're actually making a multiple man movie who is also part of X Factor. Hmm. So James Franco was supposed to be playing multiple man. So that's a possible connection. And Wolfsbane is also part of X Factor as well. So you actually have mm-hmm. two characters that were part of X Factor and they're making a multiple man movie. So maybe. So may- yeah, so may- maybe, this, maybe this is how you do it. Um, of course, uh, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I, I will be I'm honestly going to put on my African accent for the duration of February. 
Like, I refuse. I refuse to talk any other way. I, every time, even right now, like, as I'm talking about Black Panther, I am, like, tears well up in my eyes. Because I just look at it, and I'm so proud. Um, I even, I even. That's how I felt at Wonder Woman. I even looked on uh, on uh, Facebook at um, Extraordinary Journey of a Black Nerd uh, Facebook group. If you if you haven't been there, um, please check it out. They're amazing. Uh, somebody said, "What if What if Black Panther sucks?" And literally, everybody on the everybody on the Facebook group just looked at him and was like, "Look, man, there have been a lot of bad black movies. We don't care. We got we got." <laughs> We got Black Panther in there. You make it successful. I don't care if it's horrible. You see it ten times if you need to. You make this movie successful. Um, but as someone as someone pointed out, I mean Marvel's track record is solid, and there's so much hype being put around Black Panther. Um, I don't really think it can fail. Right. I I think it I think it's going to be strong. I think it is going to be it's going to be a movie that you're going to leave it and you're going to be like, "Okay, I like it." Or you're going to be like, "Okay, I love it." I don't think many people are going to leave that movie saying, "I hated Black Panther." Um and then of course, I know that they they think highly of it because he's so featured, so heavily featured in Infinity War, which is also coming out this year, which again, tears well up in my eyes because this is literally I still remember seeing Iron Man <laughs> and being and thinking to myself like, huh, that was cool. I hope they do another one. At no point in time, if you would have told me that I would be on a podcast talking about Infinity War, please. Are you kidding me? Well, first off, I'd probably be like, what's Infinity War? I didn't know. Then you would have been, what's a podcast? <laughs> I don't know, what's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so, those are those are my top picks. Um, those are the ones that I feel will be successful. And, of course, I'm going to be wrong at the end of the year. And <laughs> then we'll be able to make fun of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's loop this back around. Drew, what do yes. you have? You get one. You get one. No honorable mentions. Oh. Nah, no honorable mentions. I know it's hard. Pick one. This is the one that we are all going to groan at because it's going to be so bad this year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> got to sum it up. Oh, man. Um. <laughs> He's got to get his energy. He's got to pull it from the universe. You know... I oh man it's so bad to think of like what's actually going to bomb or Mm -hmm. you know regardless of you know the audience actually like flocking to it it's it's a matter of thinking what's going to bomb and what is actually going to be a bad movie Mm -hmm. um they're never the same thing I know exactly very true that is what is terrible about this um I honestly think squad proved I think that I think that Rampage is going to do terribly. Mm. Oh, that makes yeah. me sad. I yeah. don't think it's I don't think it's being portrayed. I, I think it's a unique quality that they're taking to try and like bring the old video game back, mm-hmm. which I was a huge fan of as a kid. I was too. I loved that game. It was yeah. fun. I I don't think they're. Do- 
<laughs> I don't think they're going to do it justice. And I think it's like a weird way that they're trying to put it in. And it's it's not a matter of like, like tone it down with casting the rock. But I don't know. I mean, it's it seems to be a, a thing to like put him in movies that are going to be like, I don't know, a bit subsidiary to something that should have actually taken its spot. Mm. Mm. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, that's, we, that's all, I mean we all know The Rock is put in movies that are, you know, to say franchises. I mean, Steve, Stephen loves to point that out to me all the time. But yeah. well, see, it's interesting. I mean, you can't really say that for Jumanji because I mean, Jumanji didn't need to be saved at all. I mean. No, yeah. it's a, it's got. Last time I checked, it was like eighty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, people really, like I, it. I've almost refused to go see it simply out of principle. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because, yeah. Uh, uh, like Jack Black is I'm is my only hope of like a redeeming quality, but I don't know. I mean, nothing, nothing can. I mean, obviously, bring back Robin, but. It also, like, try and replace it. They already tried to do, like, a Jumanji, like, take when making Zathura. I mean, that was just, like, a garbage fire that you could just sit and watch for hours. But... Oh, <laughs> why did you have to remind me of Zathura? <laughs> because, why? Because, as they say in The Fault in Our Stars, pain needs to be acknowledged. Why did you have to remind me of a fault in our stars? <laughs> Drew, you're off the show. <laughs> Paying demands. You made Lindley cry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. But you crazy. were talking about Rampage, and that makes me so sad because one of the greatest decisions I ever made in my life was following The Rock on Instagram. And he's just, he he's always been posting about Rampage, and he's so excited about this movie. Let him be excited. That's great. I think I think you can have pride in what you're doing. I just don't think it's going to be a good movie. I mean, was he excited for the Tooth Fairy? <laughs> Actually, no, he wasn't. I didn't hear a lot from The Rock with the Tooth Fairy. But he gets real excited well, what about What was the other one? Like, uh, Central Intelligence, since he's back with Kevin Hart. Hey, Central Intelligence was funny. It was Those it two... was interesting. It was definitely like I could sit at home and watch it, but I'm not going to. That's his way of saying it wasn't good and still wanting to stay on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. They kind of lost me when it became like a shorter, chubbier, naked, CGI'd uh, Dwayne Johnson. Hey, I don't think about that. <laughs> I it ignore just, that. Like that I just choose... made it, it. It got weird at that point. That's when it, it got weird. <laughs> <laughs> that is the pressing weirdest play. part. Pressing play might have been. Weird <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Well, Steve, what about what about you? What is what is the movie that you are like? Nope, not gonna see it. It's gonna suck. Well, when you clarified that you meant like financial bomb, I had Call to man. I had to backtrack my initial choice, um, and I think I've got one. I predict mm-hmm. that Maze Runner: The Death Cure will bomb. Oh yeah, because yeah. I mean, I keep forgetting that's coming out. I, I honestly have not. I mean, maybe I've seen a trailer, but it just looks so forgettable 
Um, it, it just looks like another Hunger Game. I mean, I know it's not a ripoff of the Hunger Games just because the books came first, but I mean, the trend, the genre is like, ooh, it worked for Hunger Games, let's try it with this. And you look at the first two movies, you know, comparing their budget to the money they made, they were, you know, financial successes comparatively, but just barely like they made like 300 million dollars which uh against their budgets wasn't too bad but i just feel like i have not heard anyone talking about this series or this movie and it's coming out in january like literally in a couple of weeks so 26th yeah yeah so this just this this does not have anything going for it i think Mm -hmm. so i'm calling it maze runner death cure Gonna bomb. I I I have to agree with you, Stephen. I think the genre is absolutely dead in the water. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the second hung, the second of the very last Hunger Games, uh, Mockingjay Part Two. I think that killed it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I think um, it's a it's right. a dead genre. Yeah, I mean, I for the think... moment. Well, for the Until... moment, but they also have another uh, Mortal Instruments movie coming out as well. Are you serious? Uh, of course they do. I thought we had the Mortal Instruments TV show going on. They're like, no, we need both. <laughs> Who is paying for this? I don't know, but I feel like I am, and it pisses me off. <laughs> That's where our tax money's going. Mortal Instruments sequel. <laughs> Thanks, America. Now I'm getting confused. Mortal Instruments, Mortal Engines, Mortal Kombat. Gosh. <laughs> It's, it's all, no, it's all, in, the same, it's all in the same story. Movie. That's it. Mortal Kombat's going to be the next thing that. to get rebooted. Like a legit reboot. Mother, you're alive? Too bad you will die. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Lindley, what's your, uh, what's your pick? Uh, so I'm going to tell you a little story. Ooh, story time. Remember how last week... I talked about going to see The Greatest Showman. Mm-hmm. Well, I was excited. I was excited for The Greatest Showman. I was pumped. I'm like, yes, movie musicals are back. But then before the movie started, I got a little trailer. The trailer for the movie I put out of my mind was being released and didn't want to see. It got me less excited about movie musicals. And that's a little movie called Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. <laughs> and that, that that's what I think in my mind when I think Mamma Mia 2. Oh, here we go again. Like, it's not an appealing title. It's a I threat. get why it's called that because Mamma Mia, here I go again. Nine, oh, gosh. And I can't hate on Mamma Mia, just the musical. It was the first show I ever saw on Broadway. It's cool on stage. The musical movie, not so good. It is a movie that did not deserve a sequel. Doesn't need a sequel. It's a very simple story. This is a cash grab if I've ever seen it. Because all of the mamas... And their little group of friends that they have wine with on Saturday afternoons. 
They know the music. They are familiar with the title. They're like, oh, yeah, let's go, man, nay. This is what this crowd is for. This is not for the, the, I just, why, why is this happening? Why is Mamma Mia 2 happening? Can someone please tell me? They got to make the trilogy. No! (laughs) Oh, God. No! The no, dreaded T word. Don't, don't, don't you do this. Mama Mia, Mama, Mama Mia, Mia one last time. Dancing queen. Here we go, one last time. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, if you see, like, hopefully this is the last time because I'm pretty sure they've killed off Meryl Streep. Yes. I think they, they say in the trailer, Meryl Streep is dead. We couldn't afford to get her back. She may be back in one scene, which we've already seen in the trailer. <laughs> If, if they definitely try to make a trilogy, it's going to have to be Mamma Mia, take a chance on me. No! No, one, no one's going to do it. Or no, Mamma Mia 3. How many ABBA puns can we make in this segment? Uh, let's see, we're up to two. <laughs> uh, yeah, just that. But I do also want to mention... And I know you said no honorable mentions, Marcus. Lindley. But I want to bring up I want to bring up something Drew brought up earlier. Okay. And it was one of his most excited movies. I think. Or a little you know, controversy. I think that Ready Player One is gonna be a bomb. <gasps> you hold your tongue. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with Lindley. I have not been impressed by anything <laughs> I have seen with Ready Player One. I, I have not, and I will say, I have not read the book. I have heard the book is fantastic. The book is which great. Is mm-hmm. Everything I have seen movie-wise and trailer-wise, mm-hmm. it looks cheap. What's, what I think is going to be like sort of like its own downfall, in which in turn it could be Spielberg's own fault, is that he made a vow and he kind of like assured everyone that he was going to remove all evidence of his own films from the movie itself. However, but isn't the Iron Giant in it? In right. Okay. So it? Iron Giant is still there because you have Vin Diesel returning to do the voice of the Iron Giant since its oh. release. Good. And because Iron Giant is a movie that needs to be, you know, you know, more in the public eye because it's fantastic. It is. Right. Um, but. And, and the only other thing that is actually going to be, like, Spielberg-esque is the fact that Wade Watts, the main character, gets his personalized DeLorean. And that's the only real evidence that Spielberg is allowing of his cinema world to be featured. Mm-hmm. Which, in turn, you have the character, like, idealizing and just in such admiration of the 80s and the early 90s. And it's like, hello, this is, we like, this is Spielberg's that. reign. Right, right. Like, how can you eliminate such iconic films? Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the downside <clears throat> to the film itself. But Except for maybe even, even that the... first poster that came out when people said, what the heck's up with his leg? Uh, even in the trailer, it doesn't seem like I get it's supposed to be a, you know, a love letter to the 80s, like something like that. But when I see the trailer, I didn't Harley isn't Harley Quinn in it at one point? They added not even if you not if you even animated some parts series of the trailer, Harley Quinn. There it's are, like there are um there are uh references to 
uh, characters today. There's like an mm-hmm. Overwatch video game character. Tracer is actually yeah. in there. So I, I think what I Tracer. think what they're trying to do is also draw in a lot of the younger audiences today, and say that okay, obviously they're incorporating stuff from the 80s. They're incorporating stuff from the 90s. Obviously, the logical trend would be to have uh, different things that would have been embedded into pop culture history up until mm-hmm. 2044. And, and for me, honestly, that's what the movie looks like. It's someone threw up a bunch of pop culture <laughs> references into a, a pretty cheap CGI machine. And that's what we're getting. That's what it looks like to me. I'm sorry, but I just wanted to just, just for some conflict with our guests, throw in this. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I again, I I do have to agree with you, Lindley. Um, I don't think I don't think Ready Player One is going to be a bomb. I I just feel like it's going to be one of those movies. It's going to be like it's going to be like Pacific Rim One. It's going to have a niche group of people who watch it, and they're going to be like, "I love this," mm-hmm. but not because of the plot or anything like that. It's going to be because they see like all their childhood on screen. And like the references, that's what they're gonna love. Um, I, I mean, when I look at the trailer, that's all I think about. That's literally all I think about when I watch it. Um, so I don't think this is gonna be a top movie. I don't think it's gonna be groundbreaking or anything like that. But I feel like again, it's it's gonna be this year's uh, Pacific Rim, which is interesting because Pacific Rim has a sequel and. We'll see how that goes. I don't think Pacific Rim. I don't think that's going to be the biggest bomb of the year. Um, I feel like it has potential, even though I want it to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I think is going to be the bomb of the year. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Venom. Mm. Ooh, snap! I think they have shot themselves in the foot. By not playing ball, and I don't know who's I don't know whose fault it is. I feel like it's, it's Sony. Sony. I'm gonna it blame Sony. Sony because MC. It is so Sony. Yeah. Yeah, when is it not? I feel Sony like fault. Sony. Sony has to realize that they have got to stop leaving Spider-Man by himself. Because guess what? You know what makes you know what made Spider-Man really cool. And really unique, putting him in the MCU, making him not the not the hero that he's made out to be in all the other versions of Spider-Man. Right. I mean, because he doesn't really, I mean, spoiler if you've never seen Spider-Man Homecoming, he doesn't necessarily, like, save the day in the same sense as, like, the other ones, you know? He didn't face down Electro and kill him essentially he didn't face down goblin and kill him wow spider-man kills a lot of people in those movies no, before doesn't. no no <laughs> yep. it's just it's just it's just electro the other ones kill themselves mm-hmm. they still <laughs> die and you lose you lose potential you lose you lose potential in telling a deeper story by letting them go away spider-man gets defined by his villains he gets defined by the fact that Norman keeps coming back. He gets defined by the fact that the Sinister Six end up in jail and they're like, all right, 
well, let's swap you out. Let's get you in there. <laughs> that's why I love the fact, that's why I love the ending of Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. Because they get that. They understand that. And the problem with Sony is Sony doesn't get it. Sony thinks that a superhero should be the person that kicks a lot of ass, gets the girl in the end, and then let's move on to the sequel. A Venom movie? Venom is going to hold his own movie. Now, I haven't read the Venom comics. I'll admit that. I haven't read the Venom comics. So maybe Venom can hold his own in in a solo movie. I don't see it happening. I don't either. I feel like I feel like Venom needs Spider-Man. And I feel like if you have Spider-Man in the rich universe of the MCU and you know that you have Infinity War coming, how badass would it have been to see the symbiote in like Thanos's uh ship and when the Avengers are like blowing holes in it, the symbiote gets out. Mm. Or as, or if it was part of the uh, the collector's collection, yes. Mm. And since yes. that thing got ransacked, mm-hmm. Yo, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> so you lose a lot of a lot of storytelling potential and a lot of of you know letting the audience get to know the character ahead of time, and then when they've got their own solo movie, we don't have to go through their origins. That was the beautiful thing about Spider-Man. Spider-Man already got introduced in Civil War. Mm-hmm. So we didn't need like a whole, like, who's this Peter Parker? Tell me about, let me see Uncle Ben die again. Like, we didn't need to see that. We already got it. And they even made a joke about, like, his origins in the movie. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, what happened? I got bit by a radioactive spider. Oh, think I can get rid of it? No, it's dead. You know, it's like, great. Thank you. That's all you need. That's all you need. But Venom, come on, man. And you've got Tom Hardy in it. It's, it's not over grace. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it is, it is better. And here's, but here's what, have, here's what, here's what should have happened. Somebody of Tom Hardy's size and presence should have been the first Venom. Because Jack that Horton. makes sense on why he why he's pissed off with Peter. Hmm. Eddie Brock looks at Peter and he's like, "How is this little shrimp of a kid getting everything?" And it makes sense. And so then when he does fight Peter as Spider-Man and when he becomes Venom, guess what? I believe that he's going to actually kill Peter. I never believed Topher Grace was going to kill Peter. Yep. <laughs> little Eric Foreman. I never Foreman. believed that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Donna, guess what? When I'm he's like, Venom. <laughs> <laughs> I have pointy teeth now. I've got this really <sighs> scary mask, but I'm just going to peel it away every time I talk. Contractually obligated. I like being... I like being bad. It makes me happy. <laughs> Quote of the year. Everyone in the theater stood up and applauded. Conflicted. And made it their face. I like being bad. It makes me happy. <laughs> I just, I mean, the only, the only plus side to this is that we're going to see Carnage finally. 
I forget who's playing him. They, I think they've already, I think they announced who's playing him now. Ashton Kutcher. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, geez, no. <laughs> I wish they would make it Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> oh, isn't it now, Tom they Hardy? they haven't said. What? Yeah, Tom Hardy. No, Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock. Yeah. I don't know yeah. who's going to be. I don't know if they've mentioned. I feel like they. I f- Carnage is. I feel like they said it. Oh, somebody, somebody thought, and maybe, and maybe this is a red herring. Woody Harrelson's in the movie, but he plays Carnage. (laughs) He plays a quote-unquote henchman. They they have his uh, character unlisted. So wait, who again? Woody Woody Harrelson. It's gonna be it's Woody. <laughs> that's who that's who Carnage is. It's gonna be he's Woody Harrelson's gonna be Woody Harrelson. <sighs> Essentially. I like Woody Harrelson. I I'll admit it. I like Woody Harrelson. Harrelson. I like Woody Harrelson, but I do not like the idea of Woody Harrelson becoming Carnage. No. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, would I, much rather yeah. um Jim Carrey be Carnage. Yes. Jim <laughs> Carrey no. Jim Carrey does crazy well. Yeah. I mean, for for the that one just... instance that he actually had a chance to be, like, a, in a comic book film, I mean, God forbid it was the one Batman movie, but I think he brought back that just... kooky, comical Riddler that was necessary. That's mm. not the only comic book character that Jim Carrey's played. Technically, that's one of three, I think. Yeah, The Mask was one. The Mask? His oh, character well, I mean, from yeah. Kick... Kick-Ass 2. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough, yeah. yeah. I, I was meaning more like an Captain actual like, DC or Marvel or... Universe, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. But, like, that that's all I could think about. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I could see Jim Carrey's Carnage. Oh, he would have been a great, great mm. psychotic Carnage. Well, and, because you, you got to take those little elements of him in, like, the number 23. That's oh, the gosh. movie. Yes. Yes. The number 23. Hey, you know what, though? You know what, though? Comedians always do dark really well. Mm -hmm. Because Robin Williams, Robin Williams, he went dark in, um, what is it? One Hour Photo. One Hour Photo. One Hour Photo. That was excellent. That's in my, that's in my top three favorites of him. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just saying. They, they dropped the ball. They missed, they missed the mark on that one. I mean, Woody Harrelson will will be good but i mean again this movie is not going to be successful no this movie will just be you know it'll, okay it'll be a spider it'll in a drain tumbling down with the rain and it's going to confuse people that was people are going to be waiting for Steven. spider-man to show up thank you yeah it is that is I mean, also I know. true i will i'll be like why isn't spider-man showing up so in this in this universe, there's only Venom. It's kind of like how Suicide Squad was when there's like a, another death portal shooting up to the sky. You're like, where's the Justice League? Where's... <laughs> it is the right? idea to try and Why think of like what the plot Why are these people the ones be? to save us? Well, I guess I guess the plot line for Venom would just be the symbiote gets out. It starts like attaching itself to different people. 
Eddie, well, no, here's what's going to happen. It's going to attach itself to other people. It might attach itself to Eddie first, and then Eddie might be, like, chasing people down in some government facility. The blood gets out. The blood mixes in with the symbiote, gets into carnage. Eddie figures out how to get the symbiote off of him, but then he's like, I got to put the suit on. No, don't put the suit on, Eddie. I have to. It's the only way that I'm going to save you. It's the only way I'm going to stop him. And then he's going to gain full control over the symbiote by the end of the movie. Movie done. So wait, Where he's just, just going to go out like like Anakin Skywalker? He's just going to be like, I have to do yes. it to save you, Padme. <laughs> <laughs> God, if that can late. just if if Venom can just be a whole bunch of like lines from previous movies, that would Please. be great. And then it can end his whole catchphrase can be something really stupid like "I'm not the bad guy." <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Jared Leto is going to play Spider Man. Yes, <laughs> with damaged tattoos on his forehead. And that's going to say Uncle Ben. Hi, Uncle I'm, ben. I'm your friendly neighborhood hunka hunka. Oh, I'm Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that again. Don't do that again. Oh Jesus wept. <laughs> Let's well, guys. get web slinging. Stop! <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Well, guys, I'll say this. Who knows Who knows what this year's going to hold? I feel like, overall, eh, I think that this is yet another year where comic book movies will dominate the box office. Um, of I mean, I feel like, you know, people will say, like, oh, well, that goes out saying, well, no, 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 Hollywood ha- does have a chance to, to break away from that. Um, but I do feel like this will be yet another year of a lot of great comic book movies and then everything else will just kind of fall by the wayside a little bit unfortunately um Mm -hmm. but who knows maybe we might get another baby driver and we'll get and we'll get like a movie that just kind of comes out of nowhere and it's like oh wow so this is what a movie's like when it doesn't have cgi or superheroes or interconnecting plot lines from previous movies (laughs) yeah this is nice with a cameo from that one guy yeah, from that one guy. <laughs> from that one guy with the glasses. Yeah. In the nose, yes. In the nose. Doug Walker's going to be in this? Hey. 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 <laughs> well, audience, we have had a wonderful time talking with you. I've had a wonderful time talking with you guys. Um, as per usual on the show, we do uh, encourage you guys to uh, to talk to us, engage with us outside of the show. Um, so first off, Drew, um, man, we had a wonderful time having you on the show. Uh, best of luck to you on Real Feels Podcast. I cannot wait for that to to come out. We're going to definitely listen to it. Um, let us let the audience know like uh, where they can get in touch with you, you know, social media wise, anything you want to promote. Uh, take this moment to do that, man. Yeah. Um, so if you uh, search on Facebook, you search uh, Real Feels Podcast. Uh, that's up on there. I made a page for that. If you go to Twitter at um, Real Feels Pod, you can also look up my own personal Twitter um, since I mainly post on there at Doctor Homie H. And um, 
so far right now we have a uh, tentative scheduled release date for January 19th for Real Phil's Pod. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm I'm super excited. Nice, Woo. nice. Well, we can't wait to listen to it. Steven, where can the folks, folks at home, you? if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Bailey's Workshop. Uh, you can also head over to YouTube and find my channel, Bailey's Film Workshop. Uh, and you can actually check out a teaser trailer for uh, a movie we're making next Christmas. That will not be awful. It will be awesome, but you got to wait till Christmas for it. <laughs> so check out the teaser. That's ah, all right. And of course, Lindley, where can the folks at home reach you? Folks at home, you can find me at a bunch of places. I'm at Instagram at Little Lottie. Uh, you find my cosplay page on Facebook at Little Lottie Cosplay. And you can catch me on the Stardust app where I'm about to put up a review of Itania. Again, that's Little Lottie. And folks at home, uh, I'm going to hit you with a couple of, couple of different things. I know, stay stay with us because it's all very good and very interesting information. Um, folks at home, you can always keep in touch with us at our WordPress. You can look us up. Uh, you can also check out our Facebook group where we keep the conversation going um, and talk about all the different types of movie news. Um, I'm there. I'll be there. Steven will be there. Lindley will be there. I'm, I will invite Drew. Drew will be there. Everyone's going to be there. Dave's, yeah. are, Dave's already there. He's 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 been waiting. Um, <laughs> you can also find us on our Instagram. You can find us on Twitter at Popcorn Prattle, P-O-P-C-R-O-N underscore Prattle, P-R-A-T-T-L-E. Um, you can find us on YouTube. We're everywhere, guys. Um, we are officially on Podbean, so be sure to to like us and comment and, and let us know what you feel about the show. Um, download Download all the episodes. Drew, Stephen, Lindley, I think that's all we have for today. So, audience, I leave you with this. From all of us, to all of you, we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now.